Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. And today I'm talking about a heavy subject, and I will be tomorrow, and it is hell. It's where we go after we die. Now, actress and animal advocate Betty White died last week. She was 99 years old. She was just two weeks shy of her 100th birthday, which is quite a milestone. She had longevity not only in years that the Lord graciously gave her, but she had longevity in her career that she loved so much. It's a wonderful thing to love what you do and be given so many years to do it. When she died, as it made the news, of course, and as many times happens with a celebrity death, the concept of death suddenly becomes real to people. It does to me. I mean, it brings the afterlife into the forefront of my mind. There are lots of conversations about it. Now, I'm in Christ, and I fear death no more. The curiosity I'd had about what happens two seconds after my last breath is finally and firmly satisfied in the certain knowledge that I will be with Jesus in heaven. I don't know what I'll be doing apart from praises and songs of worship to him, but given his intellectual creativity these last 7,000 years, I know it will be wonderful. I looked up Betty White's religious affiliations, searching for some hope that she would be in heaven too, and it doesn't look like she will be. Her life never had any affiliation with Jesus, and it bore no spiritual fruit. She was profane, raunchy, twice divorced before marrying Alan Ludden, so that means biblically she's an adulteress and more. But the likelihood that Betty White is is in hell now, likely, makes me sad, as the concept does every time I think about it for anyone who might be there. I know a lot of other people are thinking and talking about it too. Before I was saved, the concept of heaven was pretty obvious to me that it existed. I didn't think that our complex bodies had evolved from primordial ooze? I mean, what would the point of our existence be then? Plus, every culture on earth worshipped some kind of god and had some kind of concept of an afterlife in a kind of heaven or paradise. It seemed logical that there was an afterlife. But hell, punishment, torment, What would I, a so-called good person, need punishing for? Ah, ridiculous. But as I thought of these things prior to salvation, heaven posed serious questions too. Who goes to heaven? Does Hitler? And if not Hitler, who decides? And on what basis? And if alternately, if everyone, even a Hitler, goes to heaven... What makes it any different than here? Here is pretty awful. People make it awful. Will heaven be awful? 
I would quit thinking about it around then. My curiosity spun out and my brain unable to come to the end of the matter. In 2014, the television interview host, Larry King, had Betty White on his program. I found this one minute clip of it where King pointedly asked a then 93 year old White about the afterlife. And I'll read a transcript of the exchange. Larry King, do you fear, I mean, do you, do you fear leaving the planet? Oh no, I look forward. Oh, come on, I fear it. Betty White said, I don't, I'm so curious. We know, we all know about everything about everything. My mother taught me this. We know the answers to everything or we can find out the answers. But the one thing we can't find out is what happens at that moment. She meant at death. Larry King replied, you can think you know or you can have faith. And Betty White cut in and said, oh, yes, you can think you know. You can be religious. You can be all those things. But you don't know for certain. I just find it fascinating. I'm curious. The older I get, the curiouser I get. Larry King asked, but what if it's nothing? And Betty White said, what if it is nothing? Then I won't know that. Oh, Larry King said, you can't lose. And Betty White finished with saying, yep, it's a win-win situation. At that point, there was much applause from the audience. It's so devastating. It's really unspeakable. We Christians should mourn every day the lost souls in the world. We should think about hell and their and our previous destination and renew our fervor for the gospel. It is not a win-win. It is win or lose. Both have eternal consequences as far apart as the East is from the West, and that is to say infinitely apart. Here is what the Bible has to say about hell. A summary of some of the verses say that unforgiven sinners who don't know Jesus go there. It's eternal torment, unquenchable fire, destruction, the fiery furnace, and a second death. It is the lake of fire. It is utter darkness. It is the wrath of the lamb. There is weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is forever. And many go there, says Matthew 7.13. I'll read to you a verse about it. For after all, it is only right for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted along with us when the Lord will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These people will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his power. It's 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 to 9. Now that is the New Testament, not the mean old prophet 
texts of the Old Testament and not the weird and discounted book of Revelation. The reality of hell is taught in many books of the Bible. And I put a link in the blog that show more verses on the eternal torment and destruction that awaits the sinner collected in, on one page. So hell is real. Oh, you most certainly can know what happens after death. God told us, and that information is in his word. Friend, you must avoid hell at all costs. It is a place we all deserve because of our rebellion against a holy God. But thankfully, he keeps some from that everlasting future and gives us hope in Christ. And here is a quote from Charles Spurgeon from his sermon, Every Man's Necessity. It is not enough that the present life already possessed should be renovated, that the existing nature should receive fresh vigor and a new tone, but ye must be born again. A new life must be received. No improving the present life will suffice in its stead. And that was Charles Spurgeon from Every Man's Necessity. So what does it mean to be born again? We are sinners, and that means we think, say, and do things against God's will. No, you're not a murderer, though that is a sin. But you are angry or bitter or have sex outside of marriage or steal, even append from work or bear false witness, gossip. Any number of these things is a sin. And even one sin is enough to keep you from God's heaven because he is holy. Sin is unholy. Unholy people cannot be with God. So God sent his son Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, incarnated in flesh, to earth. He was charged with living the perfectly holy life that we can't. And then he was crucified on the cross. On the cross, Jesus took all of God's wrath for the people that God elected to join him in heaven, though Jesus was sinless himself. Jesus shed his blood, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again and ascended to heaven 40 days later. Because Jesus took God's wrath for sin upon himself, now Jesus is the door to heaven. Anyone repenting, that means turning from their sins and calling out on the name of Jesus for forgiveness, will be saved from punishment in hell, and enjoy and glorify God forever. Why can I be so certain that I know these things? Because when we sincerely repent and appeal to Jesus as Lord and Savior, he accepts that repentance and sends the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. The Spirit helps us pursue that holy life pleasing to God, that without him, we can't. The spirit in us makes the Bible understandable. This is called illumination. Jesus is the light that shone in the darkness 
And the spirit brings that light to our mind so we understand God's will. His will is revealed in the Bible. So they are no longer dry and dusty words, but alive and sharp, energizing us to good deeds and to praise of the one who created us. So we can know if we repent and only if we repent. Otherwise, we are just groping in the darkness. I'll finish with Proverbs 4, 18 to 19. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until midday. But the way of the wicked is like the darkest gloom. They do not know what makes them stumble. And tomorrow on the blog and podcast, how to deal with knowing that a loved one is likely in hell. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you stayed with it through from the beginning to the end. Even though the subject is tough, it's important. It's very important to every person on this planet. Thank you for listening, and I hope you do go ahead and have a thoughtful and wonderful day. Thank you.